Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Makibar, Makibala, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. England drew, Ireland lost, and Germany got gubbed. It's Monday, 11th of September. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Vidushan Hunteraja. Hello, you lovely lot. Welcome to the Football Ramble. The working week has just begun, of course. Keys but back in the pocket. Into the pocket they go. But don't worry, international football is still here. <laughs> so it still feels like a holiday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of those holidays yeah. when you're younger where you're forced to like, go in a caravan. With your parents. Yeah. 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 Ah, yeah. Toilet's not working. Ah, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Youngsters don't do that kind of thing anymore, do they? I don't know. R.A. Right. Robin smacking free kicks against the caravan. <laughs> <laughs> it's the middle of the night. I shouldn't even still be doing this. Oh, what a man. Uh, I'd like you to start, Luke Moore, with your highlights of the weekend. My highlight of the weekend is simply the thing that made me laugh the most mm. across the weekend. And if I may be self-reverential, mm-hmm. it's not that self-reverential because I wasn't actually on the show itself. Right. Um, 
It was the ramble reacts between yourself, Marcus, and Jim sat to my left. And what did we do wrong? Mark, uh, well, I haven't got time for that. <laughs> uh, but um, the the um, the highlight for me, and I was I was washing up my son's uh, bottles. Oh yeah. Um, I thought I'll put the, put the ramble reacts on while I'm doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I I cracked up laughing when you quite earnestly, Marcus, mm-hmm. read out a piece of correspondence mm-hmm. in which the listener told you to suck his balls. Suck my balls. <laughs> yeah. Suck my balls. Oh, that's what it meant. All yeah. oh, right, I see. Oh, he did us, didn't he, Jim? Yeah, he it was did. brilliant. Okay. Well, bring, like to hear bring from... him in here and I'll do it. <laughs> and to, to finish off the highlight, yeah. please welcome to the studio. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd like to hear more from him. And yeah. I, I hope he's a patron. And if oh, he's not, he should be. Yeah. Um, but if he's going to go around telling you to suck his balls, yeah. he should be paying. He also called us... Um, <laughs> It should be. Uh, and he also called us cunnies as well. Yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. I didn't like that as much. Just a bit coarse. It's very coarse, for, yeah. For, 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 for Hence, a, I've softened it there. For a Saturday morning, it's a bit coarse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Jim, yeah. Uh, what about you? Um, obviously, it's been a big weekend for international football, but there's action elsewhere. In, no way. In the Costa Rican League in particular, mm-hmm. they had their annual mascots race, which is really more of an assault course. Uh, oh, that's nice. Absolutely brilliant <laughs> stuff. Jim, Jim, not even they were watching Saudi Arabia be Costa Rica. <laughs> We'll do something else. We'll Let's do watch all else. these felt cartoon things run around. Yeah, you've organised. You've organised what? You do realise that's the same time as the mascot race. Yeah, which yeah. is more of an assault course. We'll just do it in protest. Yeah, uh, yeah it was great. It was um, won by a, a pretty impressive cow actually right. that led the pack the whole way through it. There was a uh-huh. a, a, a dog dressed um, as a sort of like what looks like the Costa Rican equivalent of the FBI. Wasn't a bloke dressed as a dog that was... No, it was a bloke dressed as... You're oh, right, okay. indeed. It was a bloke dressed as a dog. You said it was a dog. dog dressed as... And I was like, hang on a minute, this yeah. is quite expensive. Yeah. Also a very big chicken and what looked like a dumbbell that were really, really struggling. It was just a very, dumbbell. very wholesome stuff. I've mean, got no chance. Yeah. <laughs> it was very like heavily weighted to the top end of the bloke. Right. Yeah. He didn't have any chance Also a very big chicken. A very yeah. big chicken. Yeah. I'd like to think that they would have some foreign mascots in there because we know you love the Bradford City gent if he's mm. still going. So yeah, well, no, he was, no, well, was there. The Bradford City gent and this cannot be cannot, cannot be stressed enough. Um, he lost a lot of weight because he became quite ill and was then fired because he didn't represent what the city gent stood for, which is essentially <laughs> a fat man with a pie. He carried a pie all the time as well. Yeah, he was uh, great. I love a highlight of the weekend which tells you more about the person's weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Vish, what about you? Uh, my highlight of the weekend you went comes to, uh, from oh, go on. Germany against Japan. Yes. Not for the result, okay. but because More I think it was that. a celebration for the second Japan goal. <laughs> they caught a Japanese fan in a bald cap, but with a traditional top knot. Nice. Oh, wow. Which nice. I didn't know you could get uh, all for it. Where can we buy them? Japan, yeah. mate. You can yeah. get anything yeah. you can <laughs> think yeah. of in Japan. Um, Pete, if you're listening, and yeah. probably not, you don't even listen when you're on, <laughs> yeah. uh, can you get us some board caps with traditional top knots? Can I just say, when I cycled through um, Islington today to get here, mm-hmm. um, I, I cycled on, on the border, of, kind of on the border of Hackney. Yeah. Which is obviously the But you keep the it in Jeremy capital. Corbyn country, don't you? I do. I like to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do. Um, and, um, oh, Jeremy. Get on with it. Uh, I saw a man, a fully grown adult man, dressed in a quite a trendy way. Mm-hmm. Um, this was you bumped into me on the way. Crossing, you talking about me? I did. No, I want to about you. Okay. Uh, crossing the zebra crossing. So obviously I was on my bike, so I had yeah. to stop, which right. I did. He was wearing a top hat. Nice. Wow. Yeah, Unironically, a top yeah, hat. That's just that part of the I said city, to him, isn't it? Were you in the Costa Rica's mascot, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear me. What's your highlight, Marcus? Um, well, I, I thought Vish was going to say his cousin's wedding, but obviously that was yeah. less important. By the by. But there we are. Um, my, uh, my highlight of the uh, weekend was seeing Alexander Mitrovic score a hat-trick, and I just thought, I, I just know one day he's going to come home. 
Yeah. Oh, you you are. You, this is the second time He's in recent already... weeks you've done this. You've done it with Jao Polina. Yeah. You are a detect, a widowed detective or a divorced detective <laughs> at the start of a, a cop movie, and yeah. you need to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I just, I know. He's, he's I love only, seeing my ex with someone else. The other he's, day. he's only yeah. going away for a bit, and then he'll he, be back. He has it'll quite be literally forgotten what Fulham is <laughs> already. <laughs> he would have been a fight Wait, on the that, map. That's too no, far. He wouldn't. That's too far. He's that type of character. I like my favourite players going to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. We, we, we've said it before and we'll, we'll say it again to you Marcus if you love something leave it alone okay fine I won't have that as a highlight what I'll have as a highlight is England getting a very good point on the road I was going to say I, I think Gareth Southgate should have the right to let Alexander Mitrovic go to Saudi Arabia up yours <laughs> now let's move on to Ukraine one England one um, England still unbeaten in the qualification <laughs> Uh, chemical uh, Alley. It's <laughs> Chemical Alley when it comes to yeah, England, absolutely. isn't it? <laughs> what a great day. <laughs> what a great reference, Thanks. by the way. Yeah. Oh dear, for those who sadly remember. Um, uh, yes, uh, it, of course, in the stadium in Poland was packed full of uh, Ukrainian fans who created quite the atmosphere. Uh, incredible scenes at full-time really with the players and the fans. Obviously, all the stuff that country has gone through and is going through, you know. You're um, talking about England. Indeed, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, there was, there, was, there was great jubilant scenes. And, and what was lovely in the post-match, of course, was uh, seeing Reb Rov and Shevchenko stood next to each other. Yeah. Like someone play them a through ball. Yeah. You know. It it's, was... it's kind of interesting that, like, um, they, they, I don't know if this is the case, and it obviously probably isn't, but it's like, Shevchenko's done the job, mm. and they're like, right, who's going to do it now? Well, obviously, Reb Rov. Yeah. Mm. He's got well, to surely they've got to be one or two. I mean, if anybody remembers that partnership, and I know they did actually talk about it on, yeah, on Channel did. 4. Yeah. Joe Cole spoke about it very well, I He thought. did. Yeah, like it was a, like a fan. Oh, well, yeah. and as he should do, yeah, yeah. because the, yeah. Those, it was, those two... It was fantastic. Those two were, were, were magnificent, and they should have been in the final against Man United in 99. But anyway... We, who's going to ever forget Reb Rov at Spurs, you know? Well, <laughs> I think, I think yeah, that's sadly <laughs> the case. But any excuse to, to go that's back to... sadly the case. It's sadly the case that people will remember that yeah, about yeah, Rebrov rather right. than if, what he did at Dynamo Kiev. If you're a bit young for this, like, Dynamo Kiev, Rebrov was one of those players where you know his league form at Spurs was was pretty bad, but in terms of their international yeah. partnership, it was mm. one of those phenomenal things where yeah, it was yeah. just like there was a touch of magic about it, wasn't there? And it's mm. just the I yeah. guess right place, right time for both of them, and they sort of elevated each other. And Shevchenko, actually, I think he's one of the most underrated players of that generation. Because of his he time in Chelsea, he, yeah, possibly yeah. in Italy, he's very think, highly rated. I, I, I don't think sort of across Europe he's widely regarded. Oh, I think he would be. In, in, it's, I think it's here that you know maybe, people often go, but, but he's a legend. At I Milan. think. I think also it helps that because he was uh, um, AC Milan, like him in that AC Milan shirt is an iconic. Mm, totally, totally. Yeah. totally. And we should go back to the actual game though. Sorry about that, everybody. But uh, thank you for indulging. Don't apologise to them. No, if I don't want to listen. They don't have to. Well, I, 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 careful. <laughs> <laughs> should we? We'll, we'll wait yeah. thirty seconds because people are going to might skip through us to try and get analysis. So on thirty seconds, let's start the again. Listen, they ain't skipping through this to get any kind of analysis mate. <laughs> trust me what do you think this is but it was a handy point for Ukraine though because they now sit second in the group and Italy drawing in North Macedonia is a very big result it's, very, well, it's lucky isn't it essentially really well, not, it's the, done us a big favour there well it, it's done I, I mean I think it's done Ukraine more of a favour you'd fancy England to qualify whether Italy would have won that game or not but yes of course it does um, make things uh, a little bit more straightforward uh, for as I say Ukraine and, and in, in England as well I mean it's not the first time North Macedonia have got a good result against Italy of course in recent years um, but, but Ukraine um, they were really up for this and they needed to be and England weren't great Let's be perfectly honest. I think sometimes the reaction can be a little over the top uh, with, well, oh, with England. <laughs> um, and but I think the tra- I think the thing is like we, we, we're so into the national team in this country as there are in other countries. But I think England fans, there is a real 
um, uh, uh, you know, it's a real event when England play. And of course, of, of so many disappointments in the past, da 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 and, and the thing is, you know what it's like with football fans. When you get given some good performances and good results, you don't go, oh, well, that's great. So if we do have a poor performance next, the law of averages will let that one go. Yeah, well, no, we want that every time. Yeah. And of course, Why the, can't it be better? Well, indeed. Time? I mean, that 7 0 dev- demolition of North Macedonia, of course, was just scintillating stuff yeah. and the great goals that were scored and so it's on. It's only so North Macedonia, mate. Yeah. But of course, when you do play away um, uh, against Ukraine, who are not a bad side, of course, England are better than them uh, and draw one all. And England weren't great. You know, people can. I think be a little over the top what was your thoughts on it Jim um that it was a bit of a sticky one um yeah. that England weren't great I, I I do um go with a sort of majority opinion that I don't think it's it makes sense to start Harry Maguire because it mm-hmm. concerns me that he'd be a player that you'd even be considering to start in in the Euros um and they're just a little bit disjointed up front but that is what happens when when a few new players come in I think you know it's a great goal from Kyle Walker and a Great ball from Harry Kane, mm-hmm. but I, I think the the reaction to it has been hysterical. And actually, I think that's the that's the most interesting takeaway from it. And actually, the thing I'm most concerned about is not the result itself or even the performance itself. It's been the reaction to it because mm-hmm. you see now that the expectation levels are kind of back where they were before Germany in '06. Do you remember mm-hmm. re- people really thought we were going to win that World Cup yeah. with without really any good reason to think that whereas obviously I oh, think no, we I think can England had a good side I mean come they on they did have a good side but I think if you looked at what had come before and you looked at their, their record against better opposition it was mm. it was naive to think that it wouldn't end as it always ended this time feels a little bit different because England have performed in tournaments you know we beat Germany in the Euros and, and we've had some really good results we've won penalty shootouts under Southgate all this stuff that gets kind of forgotten and, and brushed over because people say oh he's had an easy run to the, to the you know, the semis in the final and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if you look at the reaction to this, the comments on England's Instagram posts and you, all over Twitter and phone-ins, things like that, like the Southgate out brigade mm-hmm. are very, very loud. I think the, us in the studio, we are probably in, it certainly feels like we're in the minority of people who think it would be insane to to change the manager. But there are people thinking we should sack Southgate now and and like try someone else before the Euros. And obviously that's that's deranged. I think it's often the case that, you know the 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 angriest people shout the loudest but that pressure is going to build and i think it's going to be a very difficult environment to navigate for Southgate in particular mm-hmm. before this tournament and I worry that we're getting back to a situation where England start a tournament at a disadvantage because they're almost playing against their own media and in some cases their own fans yeah well, I mean I, the, the media is one thing I mean I think some would argue that Southgate's made a bit of a rod for his own back mm. in a positive and a negative sense the positive sense would be the, the previous finishes at tournaments to give England to give England fans genuine hope of winning. But the negative would be you mentioned Maguire there, and you know Henderson, an unpopular figure at the moment, understandably, and also thirty three playing in the Saudi league. Some people are saying, well, you know, why should he be? Picked? Yeah, <clears throat> there's 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 those things. And look, you've been you know among many people who sort are of quite vocal about that kind of thing. So when you have a chance of betting in one or two players, he tried a few things. Um, it didn't quite work. No. But what, so, how do you feel about? Well, it? Well, I, I think that Henderson's performance probably justified, on its own, yeah. the the decision should be made to not pick him anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was also confused as to why he stayed on the pitch yeah. for that amount of time. But um, I'll maybe come on to that. I, I think that the problem with Eng- the problem with England when they have to have a little bit of a mix and a blend and a bit of a change is that they too regularly lose their tempo. Mm. 
And <clears throat> I think when you've got key players, like in this case, it was Madison and Bellingham, I thought, mm-hmm. playing really in positions and roles they don't play for their club, it can get frustrating for the less, um, you know, Jim, not everyone is as, as temperate in their mood mm. as me. You know, not everyone's, <laughs> as, as, I, I'm not a type like an emotionally led yeah. character. No, not, not as, people can be. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone can be as zen. But exactly. And people get frustrated. And, and if you look at, if you take Madison and Bellingham as an example, mm-hmm. before I come on to Henderson, maybe, well, Madison's played brilliantly this season. Mm-hmm really playing in it as a number 10. Mm-hmm. He's got a license to roam for Spurs. He goes deep and gets the ball. He makes things happen. He makes things tick, right? And he can do that, ironically, because Harry Kane's no longer there and he's mm. going to get in his way. Now, England don't play in that way. Um, and Madison was playing off the left in a position where he couldn't really affect the game. So to me, it's a bit like, you're great. What you do is brilliant. So come and do some stuff with us, but do different stuff. And it it's doesn't not a work. far cry. Though. Yeah, he has he has um, played in wide positions for Leicester though. He nice. has, but he, my point is, and, and Southgate did say before the game that he would drift inside and give an extra body in midfield. But Madison's been playing brilliantly off the wide for Leicester and never been picked for England. Mm. He doesn't get in the squad now. He's playing now because Grealish obviously had to pull out, and and he plays him in that position off the left. Um, and I felt like he couldn't affect the game in the way that his form suggested he should be picked in the first place, which I think is a disconnect. I'm not necessarily criticising Gareth Southgate because everyone's got to do a job, but I thought that was a bit odd. I also thought the same about Bellingham. Plays Bellingham on the, on on a bit, bit wider. Bellingham's played really centrally for Real Madrid and been yeah. fantastic. But the, but the two is the things you're saying is that the, you know Madison and Bellingham at Real Madrid and Spurs have not that been long in the tooth in those in those roles in those clubs. Whereas uh, Bellingham played on the left of the three in the World Cup for England and was was pretty good. In fact, our very own Vatushin and myself. Uh, we're talking about how we'd like to see Bell, um, Madison maybe in the midfield three switching with whether it be Foden or Eze. I think you mentioned and one or two others. So I, I think yeah. To... But let me let me finish the point. Okay. The, the point is just that you need to um, understand that it's going to seem a bit disjointed mm-hmm. and p- perhaps a little bit um, lacking in tempo, and you're going to get the odd occasional poor result away from home if you're asking these players to meet up once every three or four months and do a different job mm-hmm. and that is what I'm trying to say I'm trying to explain why it happened yeah sure but international football players are asked to do different jobs I mean if, if, if Madison's asked to do the same job he's not going to he's not going to play much because it is Spurs play a little bit different to England I don't think it's I, I think I think he you know, in the midfield three, I think that there was a good argument for having in future games maybe trying um, Trent Alexander Arnold in there. He was excellent against North before, Macedonia. Yeah, yeah. I know that was a much easier game. Um, but, but, but Vish, what were your thoughts on what happened? Well, this conversation in particular is one we always have with players of of that ilk, like Bellingham and Madison, like attacking players who don't mm-hmm. necessarily fit squarely into. Yeah. A particular hole, you know, a particular slot in a formation that Southgate has, and I, I suppose I'm going a little bit further back to Jim's point about the the expectation into 2006. Now that was built purely on personnel, mm-hmm. really, yeah, yeah, and how those players were performing for their club size, and I can kind of understand that. But as as Jim also correctly pointed out, there wasn't necessarily a body of work there to suggest that England were going to go and mm-hmm. do something at that World Cup. Also, in the noughties, the Premier League was really coming into yeah. what yeah. we now yeah. know the Premier League as. This time, though, because of the development with the team in particular, I can kind of understand that a bit more and I can kind of get the frustration a bit more because I think it is a blind spot that Southgate has, in part because he builds from mm-hmm. back to front and they be- there's become two places where he doesn't really need to focus on all that much in Kane and the wide pos- and one of the wide positions. Now it, used- now, it used to be Sterling, now it's Saka, and mm-hmm. it probably will be Sterling when Sterling 
eventually breaks. When Sterling comes back into the England squad, he will be a starter. Do you know what I mean? Okay, possibly. Yeah, there'll possibly. be a bit of that. And I think in midfield, it's where he's always struggled to... I don't know if it's trusting himself. I, I think you know, I agree some, with you. some people, agree some, with you. some managers have blind spots. This yeah. might well be his. I yeah. don't think he knows how yeah, to work yeah, yeah. with players like uh, Grealish, Foden, those kind of half space yeah. type players. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think that's a problem because you don't really have to deal with them as a manager. And to be fair, when was the last time an England manager had to deal with so many of them yeah. Yeah. this time around? So he ends up playing them out mm -hmm. wide. And I can understand why England fans are annoyed by that because we have so much talent now. Yeah. So much talent that... Attacking give the talent. Raw, yeah, attacking talent that give the raw for England. I think the other thing that doesn't help is Maguire because he's too... He's too watchful on the ball now mm -hmm. because he plays so little because he's so low on confidence. He's so slow. Yeah, he look, yeah. but he, he, he does that He does that thing which is an absolute tell of a player out form. He looks at his first touch. Yeah. yeah. Every time he gets the ball, he looks down. He looks up, looks down, takes a couple of steps forward, and suddenly everything's gone. And even yeah. when he's in good form, he's always seemed quite cumbersome. Yeah, I always felt like it was a little bit overblown how good he was on the ball, even when he was playing well. Yeah, there was one of the things I, I liked from Bellingham uh, in the Ukraine game was there was a point in the second half, sorry, in the first half, because England started really well. Mm -hmm. I, th I thought England were very bright in patches. Uh, there was a point, maybe twenty-five minutes in, where you we, we couldn't see it because of where the camera was, but the I think the co-commentator mentioned it. Bellingham was shouting at the defenders to come forward with the mm -hmm, ball. Mm. Just come up. Just move up <clears> to the yeah, halfway yeah. line and just stay on the halfway line. Yeah. Br bring the ball up. Let's properly squeeze them. Yeah. And, and let's kind of put them under under far more pressure than we are doing. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of the criticism is of how conservative he is in, in not just big games, actually, really, but, but most games. And the midfield is the absolute area where that shows the most. I think with Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham in the middle... That should be enough security for, for your, your third player to not be Jordan Henderson. But that's immediately different to what Bellingham does for Real Madrid, which is Lucas complaining about. Yeah, but, about. I, th I, th yeah, but th let, I, could, I, I think, I kind of agree with Jim here. What I was going to go <laughs> on to say was, I think that the formation for the players he's got in that game against Ukraine was wrong. I think you can get away with playing Bellingham and Rice. Play Bellingham a bit deeper. Mm -hmm. He could have played Madison ahead of them. Kane up front on his own, and he could have played two wide players. Rashford and, Rashford and Saka, uh, yeah. right? That to me, it's like screaming out to be done mm -hmm. against a team like Ukraine, who you know they've got some good players. They're at home, all the rest of it. They're, they're not to be overlooked, of course. But England are a better team than Ukraine. Mm -hmm. He could have played that. He could have played that formation. It just seems that he's wedded to. He's like, now we play four three three, and that's all we're ever going to play. Mm -hmm. And we're going to put the players in the positions, whatever. And that's the only formation we're going to play. And I think against a good team, come tournament time, it's going to look difficult for them. And that's what I think is the frustration, isn't it? Because when you look at the quality of these players now. England are a really good team. They they can be thinking about going toe-to-toe -to -toe with big teams and trying to dominate games and control games. If you look at the difference between the first squad he had and the squad now, there is a huge, huge rise in the quality. It's there is. absolutely massive. And you have to wonder, has Southgate himself risen in quality as a coach at that same rate? Because that is part of the deal. That is part of um, the project that he's set out to, to enact, which is to make us uh, competitive at the top end. And I wonder if this sort of, um, this sort of performance and this sort of team mm -hmm. is reflective of the fact that he has still got these conservative tendencies and essentially we're not going to get beyond that. I think the reason why he does have those conservative tendencies is because English football has not changed enough. Yeah. And and I think that 
that is why I think Alexander-Arnold will be a, mid, a crucial player for this England side in that midfield role because he is a defender and he can defend even though his <laughs> defending has been in question at the very top level. But primarily being a defender, he can do the defensive stuff for a midfielder and we know he's got extreme quality going forward and great delivery. And a lot of and energy that. as well. A lot enormous of amount of energy. All, 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 the, as well. all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, uh, but the reason why I think he's... I, I sort of want to see a midfield three of maybe Rice, Bellingham and perhaps a Madison or a Foden. And then I think to myself, but what if we come up against Spain who can keep the ball or France? You saw what happened in the second half against Italy. In the in you know in Italy, not a great Italian side at the moment. England couldn't get the ball back despite having um, not that precise team, but some of the, the the players. And you think, well, go on and back yourself, go and do it. And you think, yes, against the small teams when he lets everybody off the lead, like against North Macedonia, you see what can happen. But I understand. Not, I don't know if I agree with it or not. I'm caught in two minds. I understand why Southgate's like, yeah, but if we try that, the back door is completely left open. Yeah, you get the, one the, go at it. You get one go at it. The centre-back uh, partner for John Stones is not determined yet. And that is up to... And, and Southgate needs to get someone in there because at the current rate, it shouldn't be Maguire starting. Of course it shouldn't be. And it gives Declan Rice an awful lot of work to do. And Rice, even at Arsenal, is doing a slightly different role to what maybe he does at England as well. So I do understand the Conservatives. There's a lot of questions to be answered. There's a right? lot of questions there. And it's kind of like, well, do you actually finally go and do it or do you not? And this is a, an age-old debate with England. It's, oh, you know, years ago, it was give Harry Redknapp the job and he'll, and he'll have a go. This idea of have a go. Mm. Just give, go on, get out there and have a go. And it's like, really? Like, I, I'm sorry, but I don't think, you know, Gavi or flipping Chukameni mm. or, I don't know, Frankie De Jong or whatever is like, oh, they're going to have a go. Yeah. You know, well, we'll <laughs> keep the ball and we'll let them run. You just see what I mean? So I just, I what think... If we hit, what, what are those three players you mentioned? What if we hit them early? Yeah. Do you not think England are good enough to keep the ball with no, the players we have? not no. against the top nations because that is not in England's DNA yet. Perhaps the next generation coming through, but the Spanish, the French, the Italians, even, even the Croatians, they've been doing this for decades. Um, it's quite new in our football. Um, I think England against better teams who are going to keep the ball, I understand the conservative approach, but that's where you use the pace and the dynamism on the break. And I think Saka there, Rashford or, or Sterling. That's, that's exactly right. So you can play on the break with yeah. that formation I talked about. But against Ukraine, I grant you, I don't think Henderson should have played. I think it would no. have been... Do you know what? You could even put in Colin Gallagher Change there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did in the squad, Jim. Um, yeah. But, uh, but I, I, I think you could put... A, I don't think... I, I don't, I'm not really that sure what Colin Gallagher brings personally. But well, okay. I, 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 think I think some people were saying they'd they, rather they, see him than Henderson, fine. for example. They've got a problem. They're in a midfield player that isn't Henderson. They're a centre-back that isn't Maguire. I think we agree on that. Yeah, I wanted to also say it's great to have Carl Walker score. For well, him. I think we should turn our attention to Carl Walker because what a servant he's been. Yeah. Um, yeah. he is just evergreen. I mean, he's some athlete. He basically has the look of a young player making his second or third yeah. cap and really trying to impress all the time. Yeah. How does he keep that pace up? It's he must have a amazing. particular training regime for it because it's absolutely phenomenal. The fact that he can also play as a centre back really, really competently as well and carry the ball out of defensive yeah. need be. He's got so so much to his game. Yeah, you know, I've really thought that because you know about what his training regime is because this is the age where you lose that. Yeah, you can't, you shouldn't be able to keep. Maybe up he's getting, it. maybe he's getting stuck into a James Madison roast dinner every Sunday. Maybe I don't yeah. know. it's got, <laughs> it's got <laughs> energetic <laughs> principle. But you're yeah. right about. I mean, Carl Walker, like he just goes on and on, like. He's getting faster. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like, I mean, I mean, Mudrick, who is rapid. Mudrick would pick up the ball. Carl Walker wasn't even in the shot. 
Yeah. No. Then suddenly, yeah. like, but, oh, oh, it's fine. It's but he t- does that to everyone. At one point, Mudrick fell on the ball. Yeah, I know. Mudrick was like, like oh, idea of Kerr Walker. He's, he's, like, he's like, I'm not being funny, but Walker's done that to like Mbappe. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I know. He's like, Walker, I mean, it's... He's the fastest man on earth. But, if you put him at 100 metres, it's in about eight seconds. It's just remarkable. And I was so pleased for him He'd to score. Because yeah. <laughs> Kane's pass was quality. Yeah. But so was what Walker did. I think people looked at the pass, which because it was it was great. But Walker, to take it down, and I think he even, he said, or somebody said, you know, you'd think he would have scored quite a few goals like that, the way he took it nonchalantly but I love the way he celebrated as well but that, but that even that run for the goal I, I do I do I, yeah maybe giving Southgate credit for this isn't necessarily um, well it's not maybe a particularly big feather in his cap but I thought the use of the fullbacks was quite interesting because Chilwell mm-hmm. did what he played for Chelsea where he was, he was on the edge of the box for ages at times like yeah. often in the middle and Carl Walker making that run because he was encouraged to make that run mm-hmm. I think it, it, it did help out wide having those two a bit more involved. Yeah, and we should you should give Ukraine credit as well. Yeah, yeah, they of defended course. very well, and they looked well up to a point dangerous on the break until Carl Walker would snuff it out. But the, I think one of the worrying things for England is when when Ukraine did come forward and that ball was slipped um, down the down the, the the flank and crossed. As soon as that ball was played, I remember thinking, ah. Yeah, it and was it, quite a slick move though. It was a slick I think, move. I think I think we you're absolutely right. We should give them credit, but every 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 bit of that move was done perfectly. Yeah. I, th- I think it's also in- important to point out, um, you know, we haven't got to get into too much detail about it, but like, it's unimaginable what a lot of those players are going through at the moment as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that what, what their families are going through, suffering that kind of, you know, the illegal invasion of their country and they're having to play their home games in, in, in a different country. And, you know, there's, there was actually a mention in The Athletic last week that Mudrick, um, I'm just bringing it out because you mm-hmm. mentioned him, he's, he's found it really tough for lots yeah. of different reasons and it's kind yeah. of understandable and, and, and that kind of situation is worth you know, kind of mm-hmm. understand they're human beings. And for them to get uh, a point was an amazing credit to them. And Zinchenko said himself after the game, it was an amazing result for us. Seemed quite emotional about mm. it, understandably so. So um, for, for for them to put in, to be able to concentrate on their football, even in yeah. Yeah, in, in any kind of way, is incredible, really. But to be, and also for someone like Mudrik to be to be picked up from where he's from to suddenly go, right, you're in England. Yeah. You know, there might yeah. even be a bit of guilt for some people um, who, like, they're just far away from it. I think his family know. are back in Ukraine and that must be something yeah, course, that you yeah. are just constantly thinking about 24 yeah, hours. You've got yeah, to think definitely. about it in your sleep. It's mm. just unimaginable. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, so, yeah, great point for them and, and you know, it's all to play for. Really. But the, the takeaway, Marcus, from this game is that still undefeated England march on. England march on. Look, it takes a, a, a you know, it, it takes a very, very um, special British team to win five out of five in the in the qualifiers. Of course, the Bonnie Scots know all about that. Yeah, of course. They uh, do. Well, we talked about them be, on, on um, Ramble React. They'll be confident, I think, ahead of the game. Uh, yeah, indeed they will. Um, uh, Ireland lost two one to the Netherlands. Uh, Andy called the Netherlands a good Burnley on Friday, and Valt Vigel scored again. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Val Vigles is an absolute weapon at international I level. I kind of feel yeah. bad for him. I do a bit. Because like, I feel like every time, every time he scores, yeah. someone goes, well, this is the nation of Mark Van Basten. What yeah. are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah, well, after yeah. scores... It seems to be affecting him as well because on a couple of occasions yesterday, I think it was, at one point he was talking to the referee and at, at one point, I think even someone on the Dutch bench he had this look of utter, utter disdain that anyone mm. would even dare to address him. Mm. Like, I thought he might get, even get sent off. <laughs> but like, the, the, we talked, we touched a bit on this last week when um, Vekor scored two really crucial goals in the quarterfinal of the World Cup against Argentina, mm. right? And it's like, was it? He's still kind of the butt of a uh, joke. But he, he yeah. scuffed it. What, what, yeah. what he got on the end of a cross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like Does it just, count? Yeah, exactly. Have yeah. we moved on? I know, but it was it was a damning loss for Ireland. Of course, it was. Their chances of qualification are, are, are all but over. I mean, they might. There's, there's a tiny chance through the nations leagues, nation league playoffs. 
just take my word for that. Um, I'm not going to explain it, but you know, so, so it's not completely gone. But it's obviously very, very difficult now. And Stephen Kenny, who came in a little while ago, he's failed to qualify for the, the last Euros, of course, um, the, the, the World Cup, and and it's looking very, very unlikely. And it's and it's bad news. Basically, it shouldn't go unsaid that how much easier it has become to qualify for the Euros yeah. now yes. is a pretty damning indictment because really, yeah. the way they expanded They're that tournament... Group, it, they are, but the way they ex- expanded that tournament was essentially really, for lots of different reasons, but essentially for countries of the profile of Republic of Ireland mm-hmm. to have a better chance of qualifying. Hence, Wales have found some success. And obviously, that when they've gone there, they've actually shown what they can do. It was very, very difficult because the, because there was only 16 teams before for teams of that profile to qualify. Yeah. And, and really, under him, they've basically just fluffed their lines. I mean, yeah, there's, not, there's yeah. not really much else to say. I mean, they've lost four out of five. I understand yeah, two and the of one them. they won was against Gibraltar. Yeah, I mean, I understand that, that, that two of those games against France, you know, you can't... And obviously, lost to the Dutch. But yeah, I, I think... When the qualification campaign started, when they lost one 0 at home to France, there was there was there was hope, and now it just it it's yeah. it's, it's kind of uh, it's, it's it's run away from them really. It's such a shame as well because they went one 0 up and granted through a penalty, but the crowd were up. It was looking good. They were playing some tidy uh, passing. Expect, they were pressing that. well. Yeah, absolutely. I, but to, for them to then fall behind to a, what was a very avoidable penalty, great um, great ball from Gak. Gak. Yeah, and but the ball from from Frankie De Jong that kind of was was part of the. Uh, of Weghorst goal was, was magnificent as well and that's the sort of thing that you, you, is just going to happen to you at some point but yeah. Koeman changed the setup in the second half yeah. and it was just a completely different game from then yeah, well, and they've got the quality that, that Ireland don't I mean yeah, like Valt Weghorst like Valt Weghorst they don't have yeah. a Valt Weghorst it's, it's yeah. as simple as that um, <laughs> Northern Ireland they lost 1-0 to Kazakhstan their fifth uh, straight defeat as well so yeah it's been a, it's a damning qualification um, campaign for them as well so um, yeah, n- not good news uh, from from Ireland or, or Northern Ireland as well. Um, I think we can say good news from Spain though, um, because Luis Rubiales has finally resigned as president of the Spanish Football Fucking Federation. World's most embarrassing I, midlife crisis. Uh, yeah. yeah, can I argue that it's not good news? It's okay. actually just neutral news because yeah, this is the yeah, bare yeah. minimum of what should have happened. And he's actually resigned like a complete prick anyway. Like, <laughs> he's not actually he taken any accountability. Do you mean that he resigned in an interview with Piers Morgan? Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Did that he? is the, yeah. that's the yeah. format now, isn't when it? When I read that, I thought, what the... Oh, good, old, good old Piers, he'll, he'll just pass up no yeah. opportunity to be involved. Yeah, no and look, we, as as we know now from uh, the way Piers Morgan operates, he's going to be a Rubiales ultra. Yes, yeah. yeah, oh totally. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be really supportive of his, of his new blog or whatever, and Rubiales, as he becomes some sort of horrible right wing demon. Rubiales could have um, got an element of credit though if he'd have gone right now. I've resigned, Piers, and the deal was you also resigned. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, but, the, what, what the situation uh, is that the, the moment this happened, mm-hmm. he was always going to have to resign. Yeah. But it's just the, the measure of the man's ego and the size of midlife crisis he's been through means that it's taken as long as it's taken and he's basically pulled as many people down with him and embarrassed himself over and over again until the eventually the inevitable happened. Mm. I mean, I think Jim's right. You know, ultimately, you know, we shouldn't be celebrating this as good news. We should be celebrating it as, you know, news that had to happen. It was always mm. going to happen at some but point. But men like him, they've they've always got some sort of Macbeth complex, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. This is it. He's taken no responsibility. If you've mm. not seen the quotes, he's essentially saying he's, he's resigned because everyone else involved in the organisation that he he's working in is now so is now so tainted and is so wrong about him that the conditions are impossible for him to carry on anyway. Mm. So he might as well resign. It's absolutely pathetic. Yeah, he said he came to the decision after speaking to his daughters. So it's like he just remembered he had. Do- just, oh God, yeah, bloody hell! I've got mm. daughters. What do they think? 
Also, you could have played that as a card, couldn't you? Because you're, you know, that's what they all do. I'm a girl dad. Hashtag girl dad on this T-shirt. So I'm a girl dad. So that woman I kissed must have been into it. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what he's, he, he still hasn't acknowledged that it yeah. that it wasn't consensual. That's mm. the worst thing about it. And the fact that they then tried to essentially say that Gen- uh, Jennifer Hermoso was was lying about that, and it, and it was consensual consensual and etc 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 there are like two or three separate horrendous things in here that have all been tied into one indeed well he's gone that's the main thing Hmm. hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. English media, uh, typewriters ready, please. He's going to talk about Harry Maguire now. Hoe vond je hem de laatste tijd? Hij pakt rood tegen Watford. He's uh, really shit. <laughs> Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Yeah. Luke Moore. I think if um, England had a clean sheet um, over the weekend, mm-hmm. then maybe we wouldn't have played that clip out. <laughs> Harry, would have, Harry would have done his job. Right, it's time for an update on our Ramble ACA with Betfair. Every weekend we place a £10 ACA on four match odds, 90 markets, where any winning bets are paid out at 90 minutes. So you don't need to worry about any stoppage, time, drama, ruining your bet. Stick around because we've got some pretty bad news for Marcus. Game one, Andy picked Turkey to beat Armenia. Mm. When will he leave Turkey alone? Yeah. Like, like like people say to James Madison on a Sunday afternoon, when will he leave <laughs> Turkey alone? Uh, they drew one all, Turkey and Armenia, so that was the end of that. 
Uh, Vish put Scotland uh, beat, uh, picked Scotland to beat Cyprus. The Scots, of course, won 3-0. They're in great form. Well done, Vish. Well, not well um, done, Vish. Uh, Jim picked <laughs> England to beat Ukraine. We've talked about that. Sorry. <clears throat> not a vintage um, weekend for you either, Jim. The big story yeah, is... Yeah, the big story. The 100% record is well, over. Well, no, no, no. The, the domestic league form still on. is still on. It's yeah. still yeah. on. Yeah, okay, like yeah. Arsenal's Invincibles. I that's, that's true. <laughs> you know, I lose yeah. everywhere else. Okay. But, you know. Well done to Marcus, <laughs> I should say, because he picked Poland to beat Albania. Now, Albania won 2-0, yeah. but as you've just heard, it doesn't matter. It, I, it, look, of course it matters. Mm. It just goes to show that international football is so hard to predict. Um, that uh, we can't keep our eyes off it. Mm, that it definitely teaches us something. Yeah. Um, remember, with Betfair this season, when you place a bet on their match those 90 markets, you will get your winning bet paid out in full at 90 minutes. We'll be back again with this on Friday, back on more, hopefully, fertile ground, particularly for Marcus, and hopefully he can maintain that 100% record <laughs> in the Premier League this season. Marcus, it's back to you. Thank you, brother. Uh, Germany won, Japan four. It's happened again. <laughs> <laughs> And Hansi uh, Flick, who insisted he was the right man for the job after the game, has been sacked. He's got the flick. Yeah. yeah Luke nice. Moore, I want to give you the honour of reading out one of the most incredible stats I've heard in recent years. Yeah. Um, Marcus's record <laughs> on, the, on, the, uh, on the Betfair. No, uh, Hansi Flick is the first German manager to be sacked since the role was created in 1926. That tells you... <sighs> How successful Germany yeah. have been at international football to the point where their managers oh, yeah. have consistently since 1926 um, been able to choose the time that they want to leave, which is crazy. It really is quite Not remarkable. Not quite what it's been yeah. like in England. Just the succession of managers. Oh, I'm bored of winning one. Does someone yeah. else want to do it? Yeah, yeah. Mind you, though, in, in England, I suppose, if you look at it, a lot of them do sort of say, this will be my last tournament, or they decide that they leave like old Keggy did. So there could be... There could be uh... Sven said it was so, his Sorry, yeah. you referenced Keegan there as someone who left on their own terms, a man who resigned in a toilet to yeah. Wembley. Because well, he wasn't good enough, in his own words. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying he wasn't sacked. <laughs> he wasn't then, sacked. Then someone pissed on him. Then someone pissed on him. Splashed um, on him all over him. Yeah, they, the they were aiming for someone else. And, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but well, I haven't taken my trousers down. Oh, no. Yeah, but I mean, Hansi Flick, it's a, a fascinating one because when he got the job, I, I remember Andy and, and and a few of us were saying, you know, this guy's a proper manager. He won a treble at Bayern not long ago, right, Jim? And and so yeah, but I mean, he won a treble at Bayern. Yeah, but the Champions League Champ- is part of that. Come on, uh, you forgot yeah. what the treble was, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was one of those Man United the, Jose Mourinho League Cup. The Inter Toto, Community Shield. Jim just went. They won the Champions League, Vish, and he just went, eh. <laughs> The Champions League, Vish. What tournament would you like them to win that's better than that? The World Cup. Yeah. To be fair, you're well, not going to be doing that anytime soon. West Ham yeah. did it. The Club World Cup. Because <laughs> yeah. you have to win World the Champions Cup, yeah, League yeah, yeah. to get into it, of course. Uh, but he's, yeah, he's gone. Uh, he's away. Um, he was Yogi Love's assistant uh, from 2006 to 2014. He'd won 70 of his 86 games in charge of Bayern before this job. So with that stat in mind that uh, you just read there, Luke, it is all quite a crazy situation for the um, the upcoming hosts of the Euros next summer. Yeah. And I wonder whether the fact that they've got not really got an awful lot of competitive football because they are the hosts is kind of part of this. Like The intensity you need really in football is, is higher than ever. Mm-hmm. And I know that, um, you know, there was a thing, wasn't there, a while back when the teams that, it used to be the case that the team who won a tournament wouldn't have to qualify the next time. Yeah. Because they would be the ho- the holders, yeah. And then I think that everyone was like, "Well, we don't want to do that because it leaves us so ring rusty." Yeah. When we come to actually play, that we'd rather have some competitive games to get there. Germany obviously haven't got that. I don't know if that's factored in, but I mean, I would just what I do know is 
that they were absolutely diabolical mm. against Japan. As, I mean, as good as Japan were, they they were awful. They just kept leaving the door open. It for should have been more goals. I mean, it absolutely should have, should have, have been, been more goals. Should have been six or seven. Um, uh, Junior Ito was amazing. Mm. Um, Matoma was good as they well. Had no That's, answer to Matoma. Did e- they? Ito and, and Matoma were just um, just both real thorns <laughs> in the German sides. You know, they nothing they could do about it. It was a complete capitulation, really. And you can understand why sometimes, particularly in international football because the games don't come around so often, mm-hmm. it seems to be a massive factor. The the style of a defeat is, yeah. a, is yeah. a really big factor in the decision that's made about a manager's position. Because I think you know, if they'd lost that game 2-1, they were really unlucky or whatever, perhaps in the situation he's in, he still would have been fired. But when you play like that, well, I, I think that it, it was very difficult to make an argument for him. I think that with, um, with, with Germany, the situation reminds me a little bit of Brazil going into the World Cup when they went and got big Phil Scolari. And um, I forget the chap's name um, who was managing them, but it was quite uninspiring. Mm. And they were thinking, we're hosting a tournament soon. So, you know, they, they, they sort of panicked and they changed. And I think with Germany, that's definitely the case. I mean, the, you, people would have perhaps seen the All or Nothing documentary that came out on Friday, which follows Germany's 2022 World Cup campaign. Of course, they went out on the group stages again. I mean, yeah. Germany going out in the group stages of a World Cup, which they did in 2018, for, for anybody of our... Well, not even our generation, for any football fan, because it's, they've been so is, good for yeah. so long. Fucking fantastic. It was, yeah. but, but they were also the holders. Now, you can put that down to the weird... 21st century quirk of most of the World Cup winners going out in the first round of the next tournament, right? If you're going to be really generous to go out twice in a row in the first round. But that documentary, you just see how kind of chaotic and and very un-German national yeah. team like it has Players been. Players turning up late to meetings now. And we're, yeah. we're, in, we're in danger of kind of, you know, leaning towards stereotypes with the idea of kind of, you know, efficiency and, and et cetera. But you, the German national team have always been um, noticeably disciplined and efficient and just no nonsense and very very serious the standards of are really high the professionalism is really high yeah. now obviously we're seeing behind the scenes in a way that we ne- we've never seen previously in, in in other generations with with you know regular documentaries like this and the sort of journalistic ac- access that we have to the teams now but that will have been um infuriating for Hansi Flick mm-hmm. and it's interesting watching his his style as well because um, a lot has been made of the fact that he was talking about geese, taking inspiration from geese, as Pep Guardiola did. Showed them videos, years ago. didn't he? Yeah, show, showed them videos of geese, and I think like you've be your own weirdo. Firstly, don't <laughs> yeah. like, try and like mould Pep's strange ideas into something else. But the thing is. There's this idea that this sort of management style is um, is really weird and out there, but actually it's, it's quite David Brent, isn't it? And a lot of them are like this. They're all like, Pep and Arteta have, have got a bit of, of Brent about them. Like all of yeah. the sort of modern weirdo managers have a bit mm-hmm. of Brent about them. But because football in itself is so straight in so many ways, within the context of football, it seems like they're these weird, eccentric mavericks, when yeah. actually it's just kind of sort of yeah. slightly cringy management and Jim, speak. And, but if, yeah. if you get it right... You look like a, a genius. If you get it wrong, you look like a complete clown. Definitely, and that's but what's he happened got, here. He massively got it wrong, and clearly the players didn't take to it well, by those yeah, documentaries. Pep and Arteta get away with that stuff because they're good at it. They're good. Yeah, but it if works. you're good, no one really questions it, right? But this is but this has been this has been damned for a while though, is it not? Yeah, I mean, just with that documentary in particular, and also this result and the World Cup performance. Are we not worried that we're reaching a saturation point of images of a crestfallen Kai Havertz? Yeah, I do. You know what? I feel bad for him. Now. I wanted Flick to keep the job as long as possible. 
Yeah, because yeah, at least yeah. yeah, whereas now they've got time. Although international football is a funny one, because if you think about Morocco in the World Cup, didn't their manager? Yeah. They got a new manager. This is like ominous, isn't it? Ten minutes before oh, they kicked off, they'll probably win the Euro. Yeah, this I is know. My, this is your fucking fault again. Mine. We should sack Southgate for this very reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, it won't yeah, work. No, 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 no. Keep it, keep it. No, but the difference He's so is nice. though. But the difference is though, in Germany, they've got like probably a lot of other coaches that can coach. No, they don't really, well, do they? The they Mentioning Louis van Gaal. No, but, but no, Rudy Voller was the name mentioned. And well, I Rudy thought, Voller's going to take charge yeah. temporarily, isn't he? But the front runner, and yeah. obviously it's early days and this may change, appears to be Julian Nagelsmann, yeah, which is mad. Well, but that's just because he's out of work. Yeah, but he's a new age weirdo, isn't he? He is, yeah. yeah. Little he's, fella. Wears jeans as well. Yeah. On the Voller thing, can I just say, I know Jim said that we can't drift into stereotypes, but if you allow me, just for 10 seconds. Yep. The quotes from um, Bernd Neuendorf and Rudy Voller are amazing. Oh, yeah. What a, <laughs> Bernd Neuendorf said, the national team needs a new impulse. Mm-hmm. And then Rudy Voller said, uh, we expect from them positive impulses. <laughs> like it's, it sounds like the start of a Kraftwerk album. It really yeah, does. Yeah. It's an amazing turn of phrase. We could do with, um, you know, uh, what's his name? The Topics. Topics, Daniel Farker. Yeah, yeah. Farker in there. Yeah. Get them all in there. Um, but well, Voller, of course, uh, will be on the bench as interim coach when Germany face France on Tuesday. <laughs> France. Um, so I'll do it. I'll do it. Who, who's next? Yeah. I'll do it. Oh fuck! Remember, Rudy, you're yeah. too old to play again. Yeah, it's got to be Klinsmann, isn't it? We'll come to Klinsmann in a minute. I though. can't. I can't imagine. <laughs> like you said, whoever it was said about Van Gaal. Um, I can't imagine um, no. them getting a Dutchman in. No, no, I can't. No, There's no, no way they're getting a Dutchman. I mean, with 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 Van Gaal, you know, it was kind of uh, unless Van Gaal convinces them to do it, but his only motivation is to bring them down from the inside, which he definitely would do. Yeah. Oh, it's a goodness. win-win for Van Gaal. Van Gaal. It would be like Brian Clough going to Leeds United. <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> throw, all all your, throw, throw all your medals and World Cups in the bin. Now that you've done that, brilliant, I'm off, I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. Well, Van Hull, when uh, it, it was floated to him, uh, some of these ideas, he told the media, he's not retired yet. He said, normally I won't coach Normally, I won't coach a club anymore, but a promising country still has a chance to convince me. What does he mean? Like someone, like one of the brick nations. What does he mean? A promising country? It's a dig at Germany. Yeah. Really. I just that's the way I interpret it as well. Um, so yes, we, we shall see. Um, we should say that there's a special OTC reacts episode with Andy and Archie Ryan Toot. Uh, it's out this morning, unpacking everything about the flick sacking. So get over to on the continent to listen for that because it's, it's fascinating stuff. Uh, coming out of um, Germany or the German national team at the moment. but Just I'm, enjoy it, guys. Mm. I'm telling you, the current South Korea manager is going to throw his hat into the ring very, very quickly. Yeah, That is, of course, Jürgen Klinsmann. Um, <laughs> South Korea drew with Wales on Thursday. They head up to St. James's Park uh, tomorrow night where they're going to play Saudi Arabia, of course, who, who that's their home stadium now. Um, and Klinsmann, quite <laughs> oddly, if, if this equation isn't odd enough, he set up the South Korea training camp in London which is 460 kilometres away from the ground. Work it out in miles if that's the way you live your life. Um, but the Korean <laughs> FA said that they didn't know the reason for this location. Why is he doing that? He's got links. It was used to play for Spurs, maybe access to good facilities. I don't know whether this is relevant, but on Saturday, Klinsman was named in the squad for a charity match between Chelsea and Bayern at Stamford Bridge. Like, <laughs> so what? Outrageous. So, so what is? So there? guys, we've got two days of free time now. <laughs> So you go and do whatever you want. Yeah. We'll be back at the hotel After in a couple of days. After that clean sheet against Wales, yeah. you deserve Oi. time off. Oi, no. Time off. You got, we've got a couple of days free time. And all I'll say is a recommendation. If you fancy it, yeah. flick a bit of ITV on. Yeah. About, about 4.30. <laughs> about, some good stuff on. What? Some great stuff on. What he's basically done. I'll, I'll let, can I still play? I'll let you be the judge of that. Flick on ITV1 at 4.30. There's some great stuff on. I remember when uh, we were at uni and we were driving to a cricket match and one of my mates was in the past just see it and he was like oh shit I think I've forgotten my uh, 
forgot forgot my boots at home. So we kind of turned around. We went back to his flat. Went in there. It was gone for about ten minutes. We're like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I felt a bit peckish. Didn't want to spend any money." So I just I realised I had some ham in. It was going to go off. So I made myself a sandwich. <laughs> Take a detour back to his flat. That's what Jurgen Klinsmann's done there. Yeah, yeah. It's you one know what, big could... ham sandwich. Yeah. It really is. I mean, his managerial career is fascinating. Started as Germany manager, well, which yeah. is phenomenal, really. Took a couple of years off, went to Bayern. Like, he really, really has started at um, the top. Philly... And now he's just coasting in a way that's almost admirable. You know what it is? It's, 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 it's catch me if you can. Yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, it is. Philip Lahm, Philip, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Philip Lahm said that Klinsmann provided so little tactical instruction at Bayern that the players took it upon themselves to meet before kickoff to decide how to play. That is super. <laughs> at Bayern it? Munich. I know. Yeah. Well, they always say that, you know, Bayern obviously would win the league and, and all the rest of it. Maybe he just thought, well, this is the perfect job for me. I don't really have to He do resigned that. from Hertha on Facebook as well. Which is great. Yeah. Oh, man. We should say that Chelsea Legends beat Bayern Legends 4-0, uh, which was quite fitting. Of course, it was a charity game for um, the late, great Gianluca Vialli. Uh, so it was yeah, sad occasion, of course, but great to see some of his former teammates uh, playing very, very well. Indeed, like Zola lit up the place, as you'd expect. Um, in terms of Jurgen Klinsmann, though, um, the Korean FA didn't let Klinsmann play. Yeah. <laughs> we'll so he removed the hotel now, lads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's quit. He's, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, if you're not going to let me do that. If um... I can't show him how to score, how can I coach him? <laughs> do you not think he must have been gutted? He thought, brilliant, I've arranged it all. I'm going to be there. I can't, can't believe we got away with this. <laughs> yeah. You know what he's going to do? He's going to he's going to manage Germany from South Korea, isn't he? No, no, you're talking. He, I'm telling you, he will throw his hat into the ring for this Germany job. Yeah. I mean, him and Voller were a great strike partnership. They were. And that'll be his main argument. But there's there's talk. (laughs) There's talk that, like, he's just not, um, you know, he's not really participating in in, in essentially being a full-time coach in this role. Luke, he's literally phoning it in. He is. And that's Mm. that's an accusation that's had from before, because wasn't he living in a different country when he managed Germany for a while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, um, yeah, so, I mean, obviously he's got form for this kind of stuff. Andy Brassel... Uh, of this parish just referred to him over the weekend on the WhatsApp group as just an underrated bell engine. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the way, regarding the uh, controversy surrounding where he lives, uh, which is, of course, in the States. It's not controversy. Know. He's just living at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Klinsman said at the weekend, if I do it uh, the same as people before uh, at, the, at the Korean FA, there will be no improvement. So if he goes to move to um, South Korea, there'll be no improvement. Sorry. You will have a Korean Klinsman but not Klinsman. <laughs> I don't think they want either. No. <laughs> Get the impression that on his Zoom, the yeah. Hollywood sign is very visible in the background. Yeah. <laughs> but you've got, you've got two choices, the real me or a Korean me. Yeah. yeah. And you do, I'm telling you, you don't want the other one. I like, I like, I like Sun Hyung Min who just said, um, I'm sure he knows what he's doing. <laughs> how, how sure though? Because that is crucial in this. No, I'm captain in North London now. Can I get home as yeah. well? Or? I just, I love the fact where well, you don't want Korean me. Why? Are we that bad? <laughs> also, yeah. when he's like, you know, if you do it as before, you know, oh yeah, well, okay, brilliant. Well, you know, the person before you didn't have uh, beer at breakfast. You could have a beer at breakfast. <laughs> you know what? I might, yeah. <laughs> Where does it if, end? If it will help, I will. Where does it end? Um, let us uh, finish the pod by going to South America. Neymar surpassed Pele's record as Brazil's all-time male top scorer on Friday, scored twice in Brazil's 5-1 win over Bolivia. I love the fact that Neymar, that is an amazing thing. It is yeah. unbelievable. Pele is, for many people... The greatest player of all time, um, certainly, you know, the most influential player of all time. And Neymar has scored more goals for Brazil than than, mm. than Pele. Yeah. But the problem is, Neymar is such a bell end mm. that no one really cares. Well, and I, outside of Brazil. But do you worry though? Because Neymar, obviously, like 
Michael Cox wrote a, a good piece in The Athletic about Neymar, just putting into context actually his achievements in European football and says he's probably the best Brazilian player, uh, forward player, we should state, um, that's played in Europe, perhaps of all time, but certainly in in the modern era, because people might say Kaká or Ronaldinho, and he explains why. Actually, if you look at what they achieved and so on, Neymar is right up there and for longevity playing mm. at the top level in Europe as well. But that move from Barcelona to PSG disappointed so many people because yeah. you know he, thought, well, he doesn't want to play second fiddle to, to Lionel Messi. He wants to go to PSG and be the main man. Then obviously, um, Achilles Mbappe is there and kind of play second fiddle to him. He goes to Saudi Arabia. He's now second fiddle to, to Mitrovic. So you know it's <laughs> bit. It, it, I think people have people have you know criticised him so much for this. But what he means to the Brazil team, even though they've not come close to winning the yeah. World Cup. You know, it is it is undeniable. Well, they love an icon. They mm. they they. they he's a true they, icon. They're so so passionate about the national team in a, in a way that's just infectious and that um, is I think probably hard to understand um, for for most nations. And you know, they they put a lot, base a lot of importance on the on the figureheads. And, and Neymar has been that, and he's consistently been that for a long time. Yeah, but the problem with Neymar's reputation in Europe, and I, I attack those points you, you make there. Uh, the problem with Neymar's reputation in Europe is one of the if you're a, if you're a great football player mm-hmm. people will kind of accept it if you if you if, if if the first thing you think of when you think of him is oh great player but a bit of a twat yeah, yeah. if you if people go what an absolute twat but he's also quite a good player yeah also, I, it fucks right. you you have right. some brazilian friends and it's a small sample size but oh, they, i've got they brazilian also, friends as well jim yeah, well, we how do. many have you got three or four i've got 104 right yeah. well the three or four i know think neymar's a bellend as well, yeah, so right. it, you know, perhaps it's. Um, it's I mean, I, 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 that's a hundred percent exactly. That's a hundred percent of them. So yeah. all of Brazilians hate the man as yeah, well. I I think so, all yeah. of them, yeah. yeah. Romeo O'Reilly. Well, I, look, I think that, um, that that Neymar's career will be remembered very fondly in years to come. I don't think you know whenever he retires, which is in the next five years or something like that. I think you know when people look back, they'll say this is a guy who inspired. You know, was a part of that great Barcelona front. A little bit yeah. of time needs to be needs to pass, and he... then we will really see. Because I think as well, Jim. I think when when for, for, for my money, I, maybe it was kind of back in those days where you didn't have so much football content online. But but the likes of Kakar and Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho came to PSG first. I think it was yeah, in, in Europe. Yeah. Uh, some Brazilians like the great Ronaldo go through the Dutch league. He went to PSV. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then and then Kakar. I forget where he went, but of course it Milan. But you're not given such a run up at these players if you see what I mean. We all knew Neymar's quality. Yeah. It was like, when is this guy going to come along? And of course, as he was in the same side, it was like this guy's going to be the next Messi. And one could think that he may could have been if he'd have perhaps stayed at Barcelona. He didn't maybe get one or two injuries or whatever. Um, but he's but, got but the record. But but like, could he be the next Messi? And there was a time, as you said, that yeah, that that, that was going to play through. And the fact that it hasn't, I don't necessarily think that's a, a slight on his overall legacy. It might be a slight on him and his motivation, but. Still a remarkable player. Oh, yeah. remarkable yeah. player, but remarkable. also he, still a remarkable he, player. To he watch. played in the Messi Ronaldo era, like I say, with Kaká yeah. and Ronaldinho. When regards to stats, um, and well, strikers. It, think of the number of strikers we've had a, a, a pop at that record. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Close. But but as I say, those other great players, they didn't have those Messi and Ronaldo stats and just ridiculously. Yeah, but the, re- the reason the reason um, they didn't the re- have that over the heads. Of but the reason you, you know, I mentioned the idea about him being a bit of a dickhead. It's because that is relevant. Yeah, because, no, it is. Because, you know, you're because, right. because the the reason I would argue the reason Neymar, I don't, I don't think you could, I don't think you can necessarily argue Neymar hasn't got the same amount of ability as a top player of all time. But the problem, yeah, look at Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, two players you've mentioned. 
what else do they do other than just play football? Like, mm. Neymar is well known for mm. doing the things he does outside the game. And I'm not judging him for but that. But Neymar's came along 10 years earlier. or, or... But hang on. I'm not judging him for that, but what I'm saying is what you need at this level in the modern game is you need to be able to play and just play. And he doesn't do that. And that's what I mean. If he'd have come along 10, 15 years earlier, this conversation would be different. Yeah, yeah. And also, he comes along in an era where there's so much, as you said, there's so much more football content. We're so much more aware of what people do in their, in their private times and when they, mm. when they jet off so-and-so or... Yeah. But, he, but the fact s- is, he did play in this era. Family. He did play I, in this I, era. I th- and I think the Brazil coach's quote um, after the game is entirely indicative of what we're talking about. He well, said <laughs> he came to do what he did, have fun, to score two goals and break the record. Who, whoever says that about Messi or Ronaldo? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's come to have fun. No one says that. Oh, I think that's a bit harsh. They don't because they're not, that's not the type of person that play, the personalities they are as players. Did Richarlison go to have fun? No, he had a, he had a terrible time. <laughs> well, he, he, was, he intended to, but apparently didn't he really work in, out that in way. tears on the bench. Yeah. That's sad, isn't it? It is, it is sad. sad, but it's also quite funny. Right. Yeah. Do you think... Um, a, a, a footballing nation like Uruguay go out to have fun when they play football. They no, do they go in out their to own destroy way. Fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in their own way. They go out to eat other people's it's like, fun. It's like Thanos, isn't it? Yeah. I bet Thanos is having a great time. Yeah. So with with Bielsa um, at Uruguay, and they, and they beat Chile three one in their qualification campaign. What do we think of that? I mean, do we think that those players will think, why are we running so much? Just keep no, out no, because I think he sold it as like, look, you are like nasty pricks on the field. Mm. How would you like to be nasty? Like the fittest, nasty, yeah. nasty, yeah. fast pricks. Yeah. So, someone also, I've, uh, you have to forgive me because I forget who it was, but someone made a really interesting point about Bielsa taking over at Uruguay. He said that he obviously could totally revolutionise what happened at Chile and they went on and did what mm. they did. Mm-hmm. And he said the one thing missing from Chile was the fact that they... As a nation, mm-hmm. they didn't have the experience or the personality in football at international level to mm. believe they could really do it. Yeah. Uruguay do have yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are massively Much more tradition all the Chile. time, have a lot more tradition, have a lot more uh, reputation for punching above their weight. And just the person, punching, punching in general. Yeah, well, the, per- the person who wrote the <laughs> piece as well. yeah. actually just said, you know what, they're just a bit more arrogant. They, yeah. they, they, they believe it themselves, which could be a real deciding factor in how they, how they go about doing this. Mm. But they, that's it. I mean, but Beals has got a very distinct style. As the Uruguay as well. If those two c- can combine, mm. then they might it for the 2026 World Cup. Well, I'm hoping Bielsa stays around long enough for that. <laughs> oh yeah, there's that. Because he, he <laughs> yeah. sometimes he only stays around for a day or two. It'll be they? great while it lasts. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. There we are, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the Acast Creator Network. We're back on Wednesday. Do follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Football Ramble, and don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app. Thank you, Luke Moore. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, Vadujan Hantaraja. Thank you. Thank you, Neymar. We'll see you soon. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.